Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in He's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, to the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Touchdown to Corbyn, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back here on a Wednesday. And last time I checked, it's game week. (laughs) We have NFL football this Sunday. We've been through this crazy offseason crazy in more ways than one and we're here to talk Detroit Lions football so last week uh, we did our solo shows you guys got a bonus fantasy football show for me so I'm sure you're all going to win your championship and this week we are back the Detroit Kool-Aid cast pouring it out for all of you with Grifka Grifka hey buddy hey buddy hey buddy hey buddy what's going on buddy Oh, this is like that week where I always tell like people and I tell my kids, you know, don't wish your life away. But this week just can't go get get, get done fast enough to get to Sunday. So, uh, so looking forward to a game finally, you know, live football. So, gosh, I'm so stoked for this. <laughs> Grifka's stoked, everybody. You know, it's a good week. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I feel like our team has, uh, you know, hasn't had, uh, you know, any of those major injuries. You know, knock on wood if you're with me. Isn't that what John Gruden says? But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling. The team's ready to go. Uh, nobody really knows what to expect, what we're going to see. So I'm excited about all that. And like you said, in, in less than two days from when we're recording here, we'll actually have a, an NFL football game to watch. And then Sunday our Lions hit the field. So cannot wait for that um today on the show we are going to kind of uh talk about the cuts i mean i mean grifka like say being away for a week there uh, we just need to dissect kind of what the lions did with their roster the good the bad some of the uh, head scratchers as grifka would say but uh we'll do that we want to talk about adrian peterson he's a lion i'm sure grifka has some uh takes on that if it's not uh, similar to mine of course i'll beat him up for that and and Grifka, you know what the people want on this show, don't you? They want they want to drink it in. They want to have the cornbread. <laughs> well, I mean, of course they want to. They want to do. I mean, I don't know. They want to do this. Drink it in. Uh... Everybody likes the hot, right out the oven, crackling cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. <laughs> but Grifka, you know what else they want? What's that? 
they want me to light you up like a Christmas tree about the Taylor Decker contract. I know you tried to, you tried to, in your words, poo-poo it and, you know, duck around the topic. You know, a couple people called you out on Twitter and, oh, I don't know. I didn't want to just say what I feel. I didn't, I didn't want to just do the same old runaround. Well, you know what, Grifka? We're going to do that today because we all know what you think. The problem is we know why you think it. And it and it just shows that you don't think. So we're going to talk about Taylor Decker's contract. You're going to just t- say he sucks a million times. And I'm going to try to break this down for you where you can comprehend it like a normal human being. So that that's what the people want. I mean, as much as they want the Kool-Aid and the cornbread, they want that. And so do I. Okay. I mean, so uh, you got your people that agree with you and think that he's, you know, Mr. Wonderful. And I got people who agree with me that think he's overrated and completely average so okay should be a good debate <laughs> yeah just just boil it down to nothing Griff, Griff, here, here's where we're gonna start with this thing i i saw one of your comments was just oh great we have a below average left tackle for a bit longer so this is why you drive me nuts on this show because it's there's so much more to it than that when you look at the dollar amount you look at this guy's age you look at like his per year um you know, portion of this contract compared to other left tackles in the National Football League. I mean, it boils down to so much more rather than you think he's below average, as you call him. I mean, I'm sorry he's not going to have a a statue outside the stadium, so you can't give him any credit. But Taylor Decker Grifka is 27 years old right now. His contract was basically a four-year deal for 60 mil, so that breaks down on average to somewhere around 15, if my math is correct, which I know you're the intellectual superior, you think, on the show, but that seems to be about his average. I'm looking at his deal here on Track. I mean, the guy has barely an $8 million cap hit here this year. Then it bumps up to 14.5 then 16.5, and then settles in the mid-15s the last two years with a voidable year, you know, in um, either 24 or 25. I don't know exactly which, but they basically just tacked on that extra year so that they can spread the money out, which is smart by Bob Quinn. I mean, if I, I don't see not only any issues with this deal. I mean, I just want you to enlighten me and all the people that think it's a good contract of why it's not other than you don't like him. You're afraid he's going to choke slam you through the barricade at training camp. And because he, he's not, you know, the greatest left tackle in the history of football. Go ahead. So based on the way you explain other contracts, um, what you're looking for, and like, and I bring about like Kenny Galladay, you said he's probably like your, 12 to 15th best wide receiver, so you'd want to pay him 12 to 15th best. So that's pretty much what you're saying right here is that since he's average, he's getting average money, you're okay with that then. So you're fine with just an average left tackle is all I'm saying. It's like you could upgrade, you could get better, but you're okay with that, and you're fine with it just having somebody just be average. And you're right. You, you rip on me for not for, for saying that, you know, oh, yeah, he's not Jackie Slater. He's Anthony Munoz, anybody like that. But he, he's he's just completely average. He's, there's nothing special about him. He doesn't stand out. So if you're going to live with <sighs> if you're going to live with that because you like his you like his contract, fine. But that's just it. You're the type of guy who likes to pay guys. You don't want to overpay guys. You don't want to bring in like real great talent. So you rather live with your mediocre talent, you know, give them a decent contract because you think if you spread all that money out throughout the whole 
throughout, you know, the whole team. You just have a bunch of average players with average contracts, and that way you have an average team. So that's fine. And you know, if if they want a little, if they want a little more, if their agent thinks they can get them a little more, you'll just let them walk, and you'll just draft somebody else. So uh, that's pretty much how, how I feel about it. He's not great, and. You can throw PFF at me. He's ranked in, you know, you know, twelve or whatever. It's like, okay, so he's not top ten. Okay, he's that's that middle of the road. He's average, like I continue to say, and you know, he's average, and I think he's a little below average. But you know, you want to talk about how he's like could be above average, which <sighs> even PFF doesn't rate him above average. So it's like, you know, you can throw your average numbers out there. He's average. All right, we we heard you multiple times there. Before I before I just destroy you again, what's your what's your grand plan for getting us a, an amazing all world top three left tackle that's going to help this current football team? I can't wait to hear this. Are you going to draft one? Are you going to pluck one out of the sky? Are you going to go trade for the best left tackle in football? I mean, how are you going to get this dominant top level football player that you just think is going to be? You know, amazing and so much better than what we currently have. I mean, I can't wait to hear well, this. Well, like if there's one sitting in there in the draft, you you would go draft one. Um, and, and they're going to be, be they're going to be miles thing. better than than Decker day one, right? Protect Matt well, Stafford you're always, next year. Well, you're always more than willing to like you know put a little time in there, you know, when any other position. But for some odd reason, you have this hard on for Taylor Decker that you just can't look past. Like he's only okay, dude. Face it, he's only okay. You know, it's just, and that's the biggest thing. It's like, if, like I've said, if Joe Thomas is sitting there in the draft, you go take Joe Thomas. Yeah, you're not going to go get one of those guys now that are already currently on a team because those guys are already signed to long term deals and they're not going anywhere because their teams realize they're great. So they're not going anywhere. So yeah, you may have to like go get one that's been, you know, thrown the, uh, you know, the franchise tag a couple times and they can't do that anymore because it's in like the players can't, you know, the, the contract with the players that you can only get franchise tag so many times. So they can't do like Seattle did to Walter Jones for year after year after year. Wait, do you remember Walter Jones? Probably not. But Seattle did that to him year after year. They just gave him the franchise tag every year, and, you know, for probably like six, seven years in a row, you know, so that's they can't teams can't do that any longer so yeah maybe you go sign one for a little extra money there but you probably won't like that because it'll cost the team a little more money so you wouldn't like that so you would be totally against that or yeah if one's available one's unhappy maybe you go get rid of like some of your precious draft picks and you go trade for one that way so yeah the first way would be to like maybe if the guy's sitting out there in the draft you go draft one because where the Lions have been drafting the last few years, there possibly could have one sitting there. So it's a distinct possibility. So, yeah, that would make some sense. So. All right. Well, uh, like I say, I can see this conversation is not going uh, where, where I hope it to. You're getting uh, ultra defensive, which I kind of expected. But but I'll give some more points just to uh, prove my point, why people like this signing. Again, this guy's basically uh, you just throw his uh, records, his stats, his uh 
you know, a PFF ratings out the window because they mean nothing to you. But last time I checked, um, looking at Taylor Decker's, uh, you know, ratings throughout his career, I mean, he, he he was great in 2016. Everything's above 80, which is more than above average, uh, you know, or whatever credit you give this guy. He settled in right in the mid to upper 70s the rest of his career. And he, he we both know he struggled through an injury for a year. So, I mean, and that's him playing at the early part of his career while he's learning the position, learning the NFL game you go back to his age dude's 27 he's gonna be 28 29 30 31 in in this contract this isn't a mid upper mid-level aged guy that we're paying 15 million dollars to there's also a thing Grifka called a premium position which the left tackle is so even for average below average wherever you want to classify this guy 15 million dollars is like the bottom 10 now in probably what two years it's going to be 15 or less as far as dollars and cents go and and this guy the thing that we always argue about is you just think again after remember after his first year you you said i think that was when we had first kind of started the show where we were talking about taylor decker oh i think we got ourselves a left tackle okay the next couple years he doesn't blow your doors off so you just write him off and want to do your gimmick to to make yourself or all the people entertained when really it's not what's happening on the football field the guy had tremendous play the end of last year yet you wouldn't acknowledge you know that he's out there playing really good football except the one time you see him get run around and and I'm just looking at it here of this guy loves being here he's a leader in the locker room uh you know there's all these intangibles that go into this and like even if he didn't have some of those intangibles I'd be sitting here on the same podcast saying if you're telling me I can get a left tackle till 2023 2024 anywhere in that range and never really approach more than 15 million dollars knowing that Laramie Tunsil and some of these other guys that are 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 not world beaters are getting 20 to 22 probably going to be 25 before you blink your eye the way people are getting paid in the National Football League then yeah, I just think it makes so much sense on so many levels, and and I'm not expecting the guy to be a just a a fortress of solitude. I live with his 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 mistakes, his false starts. I mean, I'm looking at his other stats here. I mean, the guy only gave up what was it sacks allowed? I mean, the guy's at like less than a handful every year. You know, I'm sorry he can't be perfect. I'm sorry it's not a goose egg. Like, yeah, he's middle of the road in regards to penalties. He's not, you know, top five or 10 in penalties. He's 15 or 20, you know, and the guy's out there every snap when he's healthy. This isn't an injury prone guy either, which I know is your other go-to gimmick on the show. This guy's not out all the time. He had one severe shoulder injury and that's it. And he started at left tackle from day one. So there's some stuff to chew on other than well I think he's not that great Bell oh he gets beat from time to time Bell oh he's average in your opinion not in people that watch every snap of every game so again when I was on Twitter I saw tons of people that understand this from a dollars and cents and age play I didn't see anybody online saying oh we just got the the greatest tackle in football but they put their thinking cap on and said, we got a good left tackle that likes Detroit, that is a leader in the locker room. He's respected and he's at the prime of his career in regards to age and the ability to play the position. So yeah, I support the move. Uh, I'm, I know you want to pigeonhole me and say, oh, I'm, I'm putting Taylor Decker in the Hall of Fame. I have this big, uh, you know, ridiculous appreciation for him. I just continue to come at you because 
there's so many lesser tackles you could have and the few better tackles you could have are either a pipe dream or going to cost you seven, eight, ten million dollars more. And, you know, that goes to my my joke on you. There's not an endless budget. So this is a great deal for the Lions. Taylor Decker gets a lot more money and away we go. And I'm sure on the show when he has a false start, you'll let me know. I'm sure when a, a top end defensive end gets the better of him, you'll bring it up. And I'll continue just to say that when I look at the grand scheme of things, when I look at the big picture, Taylor Decker at 14 to $15 million over a four-year span so we can address other positions in regards to money, draft picks, and all the such is a great move for the Detroit Lions football team. All right, I'm done. So you can, you can rebuttal if you'd like. He's Jeff Backus. Everything you mentioned about him, like average play out there all the time, get beat every once in a while. It's funny because on one of your other podcasts, Logan said the same thing. You didn't beat him up over that. I mean, I remember listening to that on your Believe in Lions podcast, and he mentioned that. And I, I almost like laughed myself because anytime I mention that, you make a run at me. But he said the same thing. I mean, even he saw it. Even he sees it. And, and But for some odd reason, when I mention it, you think it's kind of funny. Yes, he's, he's just an average tackle. Okay, yeah, money-wise, you're not you're not paying him a whole lot. You can use the money someplace else. <laughs> I got it. But he, he's he's average. He's he's not that great. And sorry if I you know want great players on the Lions. Excuse me. I mean, I'm not sure right. I'm the only Detroit Lions fan that wants great players on the Lions. Okay. All right. Well, like I say. Uh, you know, you can you can hold me to something I said to Logan. I know Logan doesn't love Taylor Decker, but if you talk to him too, he'll say exactly what I said. Hey, 50, I mean, you can go look at his Twitter. For $15 million, he supports the move. You think he's a, a, a better player than you think he is, but is he putting him in a, in a gold jacket? No. And, and when I let him get away with crap, it's because he doesn't come on a show with me every week where we beat each other up. That's part of what we do on the show, Grifka, and I like beating you up, and you like saying the same thing over and over again that's why i got the bell that's why we do what we do so you you fulfilled your part you called him jeff backus you said he's not that great you said he's less than average you say that you could just pull another tackle off the draft and start him from day one and he'd be in canton i mean i mean i could have done your take for you it's the same old same old deal where i was hoping you'd actually look at this contract when it came down to being signed and say Okay, I don't love Taylor Decker, but that's actually a good contract for left tackle. Oh, hey, here's a thought. Maybe Taylor Decker can get better, Grifka. You ever think of that? You ever think that maybe, uh, I know you want to say, oh, he is what he is. I know I've seen enough after three years. Well, last time I looked, a guy at 27 years old that's been in the league three or four years heading into year five can get better at the game of football and could be a better player. And that's what a projection is called when you project them to possibly continue to grow in their role instead of think he's going to be a sieve his whole career, which he's never been. He's never been. You've just held him up of, oh, he's, he's going to kill our team or, oh, he's he's just not perfect. I mean, I'm going to just ride this into the ground. I mean, continue to do it if you'd like. But, I mean, like I said, I knew what you were going to say. I knew how you are going to say it. The people wanted to hear it. And they also wanted to hear me run you down about it because it's the same old three things you say every time about this player and other players. I want good players. Oh, congratulations, Grifka. Nobody else does. The problem is you just want to pay them anything they want. You think you can just go with the top five and take a draft pick and you're going to hit on 100% of those draft picks. And that's not reality. So, 
I'm just giving you not only that reality check, but trying to have fun on the show and just tell you that this is the reason we have the bells. We have what we have is because you do what you do and, and so do I. So it is what it is, man. I'm happy with this move. All the people out there knew you you wouldn't be for the exact reasons you stated. You got anything else so, or can we wait, move on? Yeah, you think they got him at a good price because the Lions realize he's not that great and they can pay him a little less? Grifka, they got – I don't care what the reasoning is. I know that we got a left tackle that's, in my opinion and the opinion of others that aren't you and some of you, the people that just think everything is the worst thing ever – they got a tremendous, like, I'm downplaying it, Griffco. We're going to be in two years, three years looking at this going, can you believe Taylor Decker's only making $14 million at left tackle? And we got all these other studs at all these other positions? Like, that's what's really going to happen. I mean, I know we, we don't have to rewind the clock about Stafford and some of these other guys. I mean, Stafford isn't a world beater either, but everybody loves his contract now because he's above average. He's a, he's a good quarterback, um, and, and the price is right. And he's a good guy and all the other factors that come into play. So I don't care what the reasoning is. And I'm pretty sure Taylor Decker said, well, I'm not that great. I guess we'll just take $15 million. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's his mindset either. So I don't you're care. Right. That was probably his agent's mindset saying, this is where you're at. And this is what, this is what they're going to, this is how good you are compared to other people. Cause that's what agents do. Well, like I said, last time I looked, 15 million's, uh, you know, top eight, top 10 right now. So, I mean, if, if you're telling me we're getting a top eight, top 10 tackle just based on price, if you want to go that route, then, you know, that is what it is. And, and like I said, I think that number is only going to move down. And, and if he's a, a upper third tackle, I'm fine with it. The problem is you think that's mediocrity. That's think you, me settling. And that's me realizing that we have 52 other players on the field that actually need money, uh, need opportunities and, and need, uh, you know, to complete a football team. So, you know, I, I just can't understand why you go to this. Oh, I, I want, I want the best of the best. Okay. So does everybody else. Right, we just realize we can't yeah, have it at every it spot a, on offense and defense. Premium position. So wouldn't you want to try to get the best play you can there? I mean, that's Not the biggest to... thing. You just called it a premium position. So yeah, everybody's trying to get that. And so, and and you're right, agents are going to look at that also, you know, it's like, yeah, you're not good enough to set the market. Okay, so, yeah, they got him, and yeah, in a year or two, when his salary drops, he's going to be in that middle of the road. I mean, that's what agents do. Okay, so to finish this out, because we could do this for about another hour, but let me ask you this, because like I said, I, I often call you call you negative, I call you Eeyore on the show, because your whole argument seems to be, right now, he's not living up to your standard. They paid him as a, I don't know what you're, if either justifying it's overpaid, or you're saying he's just he's paid justifiably for his, his talent, but you're just, I think your assumption is that from here on out, he's just going to continue to be where he is or lower instead of realizing that you could pay him now at his current position, uh, wherever you want to put him in the ranks of left tackles and, and that he's not going to outperform that by any means at any year, any point in his contract. I think that's where we lose each other is that I'm not saying he's going to turn into a top five guy, but I'm not sitting here saying you paid him as a top 10 right now 
and he's going to fall to the 20s before I can even blink or before we can get out of year one of this contract. So I think that you just don't ever give credit that the guy could outperform your expectations. You just, you've settled on where he is. He's only going to get worse and you're only going to continue to hate him more. I think that's where we're at with it. I wouldn't say that, but I believe your coach, the one that you, you, Matt Pat is the one that said, was it my guy for what? Two years, two, two years. And he knows what they are. I, I believe is what he said. So, I mean, Taylor Decker's been around for, you know, a little bit. So wow. you're right. My four years. He is what he time. is. Four whole years. Just just lock him in. That's that's the best he's gonna get. Everybody. Four 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 years of football. He's he's done. Especially at left tackle, he, said, he not, can play into your mid thirties. Right. He's not turning into Jackie Slater or Anthony Munoz at any time of year. And I know you've never seen greats, but you know, go ahead. I mean, like I said, you're okay with average. You're, you're fine with that because you got to pay fifty two other guys. Okay, got it. All right, everybody, we'll leave that there. I mean, that that's going to be the, the go-to for Grifka is that I just settle for anything when really on the show I'm always uh, trying to figure out how to get us better and Grifka just continues to put me in that pigeonhole and doesn't realize that if you're pulling the strings at GM, you're not going to be pulling left tackles and corners and wide receivers and quarterbacks uh, left, right, and center to be able to have this all-world, all-pro, greatest-of-all-time football team that you think the Lions should be or that you think that you could create. I'm just here to tell you. So when we have a guy that you drafted and that's played since day one and doesn't kill the football team and is at a premier position and can help us long-term and you get him at a crazy number like they did, yeah, I'm going to come on and support that all day long, despite him not being the greatest left tackle of all time. And that's not settling, in my opinion. That's being realistic about the game of football and understanding the roster construction and not having the two categories that we all know that that you uh, promote here on the show. So, uh, you know, we know what category he's in for you. We know that I'm going to support him, even though I continue to acknowledge on the show. I'll come on here if he gives up a sack and I'll call him out on the show. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to go multiple weeks where we won't even talk about him because you won't notice him. He'll be doing his job, and that's really what I want from my guy over there protecting the blind side. Can we move on now? Sure. Yeah, no problem. I I hope you enjoyed that, people. I knew Grifka was going to get salty. I mean, I I don't know how many weeks we've come on the show where we uh, have fun with each other and and we do the same old, same old. But I knew that was going to be it. But that's why I wanted it off the top because everybody wanted to hear the Taylor Decker back and forth between Oakry and Grifka. There it is. You got it. Um, What I want to do now is we're going to take a break for our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk to Grifsky, the waffle maker, the one and only, about the cuts. The Lions made some interesting cuts. They kept a couple interesting people. And because that rant and that back and forth went uh, 20-some minutes, we, we're going to have to end the show with Adrian Peterson, number 28. He is going into the Hall of Fame. I can't wait to hear what Griff has to say about this. You might be surprised what I have to say, and you might not be. you got to come back after the break. We'll talk all about it. Everybody, listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? Uh, fun part to start the show, a little intense. Grifka's a little uh, upset over there. I don't, I don't know what his deal is. He might have had too much salt before the show. But uh, we are in game week on Friday here on the show. We are going to be talking about the Chicago Bears. You, you know who the Chicago Bears are, Grifka? Yeah, you mean the Masters of the Midway with Mitch as their quarterback? Oh, they're, no, they're these guys. The Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Bullshit. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. <laughs> Grifka, we're going to crown their ass on Friday, but right now we got to talk about cuts. So, I mean, I'll just throw it to you. Any any big roster moves that jumped out to you? Anything that's got you all upset? I don't know, like the great signing of Taylor Decker for the next four or five years? What, what do you think? What do you think about the roster moves made by Bob Quinn? Well, I guess the one that is kind of sticking in my head is the uh, Richard Huntley. I know none of us knew him on draft night, and uh, you went Jay- back did a little more studying. Jason Huntley. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, I wanted you to correct me again. I was I was missing that from the first segment. So um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like was it there was that whole thing like oh the Lions were just downplaying you know how he was having at camp you know and they were putting the stuff out there said he wasn't having a great camp and they were in hopes of bringing him back for the practice squad but Philadelphia picked up on it and signed him so I'm reading all this stuff like on Twitter and on Facebook that Lions 24 7 acting yeah and people exactly that uh all these fans are like acting like they just cut Barry Sanders and like this guy's (laughs) gonna do some damage and and all I could think to that was just like, I mean, I, I don't think we can really miss him because we never really had him. We, we never really saw him play. And I know his highlights were, were cool and all, but I mean, the coaches had to have seen something. I mean, if he was that good, you know, they would, I think they would have made the roster. I mean, like you said, you, you bag on me for my boy, Ty Johnson. And I'm sure Ty Johnson's been around a year, but I mean, if it was better than Ty Johnson, they would have just cut Ty Johnson and tried to get him on the practice squad. So I don't think Huntley had that great a camp. So I don't, I, I can't envision the Lions just putting all this misinformation out there and hope that no other team, it was, was going to like say, well, you know, if the Lions think he's crap, he must be crap, you know, and then they get him for the practice squad. So I, I don't think that happened. I, I don't think we really lost anything here. Oh, Grifka, this is, this is the second segment here where you got me all upset, starting with Jason Huntley. So so first of all, you you said they're putting out all this misinformation that he's not having a good camp. I, this must be Lions 24-7 garbage, because all I read was from all the beat reporters 
All they had to say were glowing things pretty much about Jason Huntley. Like he's at the scrimmage ripping off 15, 20 yard runs. He's catching the football. They're saying he's got crazy juice. Like there was crazy buzz coming about how good he was. So the fact that he got cut surprised me because I didn't like the draft pick when it happened. But of course, like I'm hearing all this stuff. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not putting him as like our third, you know, running back in the rotation, but I think he's got some crazy ability to catch the football. He can be an electric talent. Then they go and cut him, which I I put out on Twitter right away. If they cut him and somebody picks him up, that's an absolutely wasted pick by Bob Quinn. Fifth round pick. Yeah, lower fifth round, but still fifth round. I think I named off three or four players, you know, Peoples, Jones, Adeji, the left, uh, you know, project left tackle. Mooty was an interior guy. I liked uh, the kid from Michigan. The interior player was still there. Bradley and I was still there after they took Jason Huntley. All guys I would have rather had on the football team. So, you know, there was great buzz coming out about him. They cut him probably trying to sneak him on the practice squad. And yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles snagged this guy up. Because what do the Philadelphia Eagles do? They have Miles Sanders. They have Boston Scott. And now they have Jason Huntley, who are all these little scat backs that can catch the football and spread out defenses and cause havoc. So I don't expect Jason Huntley to be, I don't know, that great. But I do expect him that he should have made the team and you should have had him on here and given him a little more opportunity. So this is a huge swing and a miss by Bob Quinn. Even if Jason Huntley's just a, a, a flex rotation type player, it's still a horrible move to not even, you know, keep him around more than a few weeks in training camp. I mean, it's brutal. I thought that was a horrible move, even though I'm not putting the guy in in the All-Pro Hawaii game this this year. It still would have been better to keep him than to just give him away for nothing for no reason basically I mean why so you could keep uh, some of the other guys we're going to talk about here like I don't know Matt Nelson Elijah Lee your boy the wind sock Mike Ford made the team I mean get rid of Mike Ford sorry ass nobody's picking him up and keep Jason Huntley I mean gosh I mean it just makes no sense to me oh yeah yeah uh, Mike Ford was on like injured reserve or something like that yeah, but he made the team originally, which got Huntley booted off, and now we don't have Huntley, and now Mike Ford's on IR, and Mike Ford sucks anyway. He's always three steps behind everyone in coverage. It's just well, stupid. I don't like him either, but... I mean, yeah, so I'm uh, saying it makes no right. sense. I don't like him either. So what the hell's Bob Quinn doing? It's a horrible move. So you cut a running back to then keep a, a corner that you then put on IR. I mean, and you kept you kept Matt Nelson, a guy who used to play on the defensive side of the ball, a project tackle. I mean, gosh, this is the 2020 NFL. You have to spread people out, throw the football, you know, have a guy that can run and catch like Jason Huntley could. I mean, even, even if he's a 4-5 running back, he's more valuable than some of these other scrubs that we kept. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> So Jason Huntley could be cut that. by the Eagles in a few weeks and it wouldn't surprise me. What I'm saying is that a fifth round pick again, not to get in a big old rundown with Griffka about contracts, but if you go look at it, he's signed up for four years at like probably $700,000 a year. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure he making a few catches, a few runs, maybe a few gadget plays would have been more worth it than keeping Mike Ford around who we just have seen that he can't play. He, I don't care if he's a hard worker. I don't care if he, the coaches like him. I've seen him consistently get beat uh, in the slot, outside, wherever he tries to play. So 
we're done with that experiment, you know? So it's like, it's got to be roster construction where they thought, oh, well, let's just get rid of Huntley and we'll pick up Peterson, who we'll talk about, which, yeah, Peterson's going to help you right away. And, and he does, he's got a better track record, but he doesn't have the skill set that Huntley has, which is probably the reason we all thought you drafted him in the at pick one seven three overall. And then you just say, hey, thanks for your four weeks of camp and then booed him. I mean, just I don't understand how how you could waste picks like that when there's so many good people on the board. I'm just looking at my board right in front of me. I mean, there's there's ten players you could have had that all made rosters, and, and instead you took him and sent him packing before you like you said before you even did anything. So anyway, you got me all hot over that. T- t- tell me why Elijah Lee is on the team. Oh wait, I know special teams is so important. Griff, it's a third of the game. It's what wins and loses football games. Or maybe we could get any other stiff to run down on kicks half the time. Elijah Lee is just a a low-level linebacker to me that is a dime a dozen, you know? Uh, Daryl Roberts? I mean, anybody could start for the New York Jets at cornerback. I mean, okay, great. We got a, we got a fourth or fifth you know, backup cornerback that played a few games last year. Congratulations, you know? I'm sure that's going to get us up over the hump. I mean, I agree with you on Lee. I, you're right. Those guys, you can just reach your hand in a bucket and grab them out into the exact same player. Roberts, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you a little more on that one. I mean, a guy with starting cornerback experience. I mean, I know you ripped on him for playing on the Jets, but uh, still, I mean, like you always say, you can never have too many defensive backs. And I believe Roberts is better than Mike Ford. So I don't have a problem. I don't have that much of a problem with that one you know, over, over keeping your boy Huntley. So um, I, I don't really have an issue with that one. All right. Well, like I say, those, those were the main surprising, you know, everybody kind of knew CJ Moore was going to make the team. Why Grifka? Cause the new special teams coach loves him. I mean, he, wow. He runs down on kicks really hard. He tries real hard. I think I heard a big interview. He, Grifka, he's great in the past per, punt protection game. Oh, great. You know, like I, I understand you need gunners. I understand you have to put people out on the field for special teams that aren't your starters, but the amount of like importance that gets put into this or people like I hear these beat reporters and people talk about this all day. Like it's splitting the atom. And I'm like, it's special teams, man. Like most, most kicks go through the end zone now and then punts. You got to cover what six punts a game, maybe, you know, on a, on on an average week. I mean, I'm pretty sure I can get by with mid-level special teams and add more talent at the skilled positions or at the premier positions than uh, keep some of these gunners and, and, and punt protectors around that just get all this praise. It, I don't know. I, I get it, but I don't get it. So it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, What's that mean? <laughs> it means it, I get I it from like a, like a, people can tell me oh it's roster you got to have so many of these uh you know you got to have two good gunners and you got to have you know guys that are just not going to be your stars that are on special teams yeah i understand that but i what i don't understand is every year we're doing this where you're keeping mccray you're keeping elijah lee we're keeping cj moore who was the other miles killabrew i mean next thing you know i got six guys already that are quote-unquote special teamers only i mean what are we trying to have the the greatest special teams of all time i mean i'm pretty sure that's not gonna win us a super bowl so don't know so I mean, you're unhappy so you're unhappy that those guys are on the team you get it 
you're not happy about it, you would have you would have got rid of all those guys, but then you would have kept Jason Huntley, who would have been your fifth or sixth running back, and been a special teams player. I don't am get I, rid I of all of them. I get rid of the ones that suck, like Mike Ford, and and I I could put Elijah Lee on my practice squad. I'm pretty sure there's not a bunch of teams clamoring for him. I can put a uh, Frank Heron on the team, who's an athletic, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle that I think can do some more things for me uh, than than some of these guys that we we just like to watch them run down on kicks. Like we've been high on special teams the last couple of years. How's that done for us? How many, how many W's is that put in the column? You know, whatever. It's just like, you know, I, I just looked at it and said, you know, there was like three guys or four guys I'd rather keep than Matt Nelson. Oh, oh great. You, you got a little bit better last year on the practice squad. Okay, great. Well, go, go spend another year on the practice squad. We'll catch you in 2021. You know, like I already said my piece about Mike Ford, like, uh, you know, Elijah Lee, like, you know, as much as I didn't want to keep David Blau, you can keep another QB or another skill player instead of, um, you know, some of these guys. But instead, they just continue to harp on wanting to have the best special teams unit in the game. And I'm telling you, this year, I, just count how many times there's fair catches. So it basically means, that, you know, a fair catch is pretty much a non-special teams play, in my opinion. Okay, great. The punter did what he's supposed to do and got some air time, maybe. But most most fair catches are, are not a big play for special teams. Kicks out of the end zone, touchbacks. You know, count how many times that happens this year and then come back and tell me that we need to have six special teams all-stars on the squad. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done ranting question. about so this crap. You think, it's, you, you think a fair catch on a punt just comes from a punter getting air time? on the ball i mean go watch most of these kicks where the guy's standing at what stand at the 10 don't don't uh let don't uh, let the ball if the ball goes over your head let it go i mean what does the do the guy just kicks it high these guys run down and get a wind sprint in and the guy calls for a fair catch that's the end of the play i mean i'm not saying me and you could do it but it's the whole essence of a special teams player that they can get off the guys blocking you and they're fast enough to get downfield to force the guy to call a fair catch so it's it's stuff like that and you know being able to weave through traffic (laughs) to you know to be able to do that i mean i guess like i said i i'm i'm not a huge proponent of like hey special teams you need it all I, i i got it but there's certain aspects of that game too that that go into it why you need a few guys like that. And if if your whole thing is keeping a guy who wouldn't have touched the field anyways at the running back position, unless there were some injuries, you know, for a guy who's just going to be doing the exact same thing for the guys that you're ripping on who have been here. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't think we can ever say we miss Huntley because we never saw the guy play, but uh, just to, you know, kind of, you know, crack on him because he would be doing the exact same things that, you're talking about those guys. Like I said, there's a couple of guys I totally agree with you. I got it. I understand. But there's a few of those guys. I'm like, you know, I don't have a problem keeping Miles Killebrew. I don't have a problem keeping Roberts, you know. I mean, I don't, you know, Elijah Lee, he's a dime a dozen. You know, you can, if he gets hurt, you can go pick up another guy. It's the exact same thing. Ford, same thing. I know we, we saw those guys. They're, you know, they're not that great. You know, I, I got it. But Huntley, Huntley would have been doing the exact same thing the guys you're naming off are. So all these people acting like, you know, it's like, oh, we're cutting Barry Sanders. We're cutting, you know, something great, something smooth. They're cutting, you know, Shady McCoy or whatever. I mean, 
I mean, come on, you know, it's just let's pump the brakes here. Grifka, I couldn't get to the trigger quick enough, but this is for the this not that great for about the eighth time. Now, now, first, and the other thing before we move on to uh, Mr. Peterson, do, do you listen to me on the show, Grifka? Because I did the same thing. I told you that you can have a couple. The problem is you can't have six to eight of these guys on the football team. So do I want do I want Nick Fairley running down as a gunner? No, I know you do because then he gets hurt and you can talk about it for the next decade. But I want guys, I want a couple good gunners and a, and a, a couple guys, you know, I don't know, maybe on the interior. But you act like uh, I said I didn't want any guys to play special teams ever. I just don't want a plethora of them that take away talented football players and don't kill Jason Huntley because you obviously are reading 24-7 that has no clue what they're talking about. This guy has ability, speed. You can't teach speed and he can catch the football as a running back so he has a lot more talent than you're giving him credit for just because you haven't seen him for two years and he didn't catch 80 balls this year to impress you doesn't mean he doesn't have a special skill set in the league that, I don't know, is better than Mike Ford. So... It is what it is. I, I'm like two it. different positions, man. <laughs> he, he would have been stuck on a death chart behind a running back. And, and, and they and, played two different positions at that. And, like I said, he would have been a special teams player. Is what they, and they obviously thought my Jamal Agnew was a better punt returner and kick returner than what Huntley was, was going to be. Okay, so great. And how did J.D. McKissick do last year in the Jason Huntley role? He made a bunch of plays when he got an opportunity, didn't he? Jason Huntley's faster. He's younger. He's a better even catcher probably of the football. And and instead, we got rid of him to keep Mike Ford, Matt Nelson, Elijah Lee. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you listen, can we talk about Adrian Peterson? We got to get off the show. I'm getting sick of you yeah, today. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Peterson, what'd you think? Hello? I think he'll be a great mentor for <laughs> Kerryon Johnson and uh, um, and uh, Swift, and for people saying that he's just there as an insurance policy. If Swift is injured a little longer, or Bo Scarborough's injured a little longer, or Kerryon Johnson, you know, gets injured again, I don't think Peterson could ever be, you know, the the bell cow running back that everybody's looking for. He's not, you know, I realized he put up some, you know, some good stats with, with the Washington football club, you know, last year and carved, you know, some, you know, good playing time out on that team. But uh, I mean, I think that he's brought in to get that, you know, for them to squeeze the last little bit of football talent out of him and to uh, be a mentor for the, uh, yeah, the Lions young backfield. Grifka, you know what you're doing today on the show to me? You know what you're doing? What's that? That drives me freaking bonkers. <laughs> Grifka, can can Adrian Peterson play? <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about uh, all this other ridiculous stuff. Is he going to make plays on Sunday or no? I, no. I mean, he's maybe going to get like, I'm thinking maybe 200 yards and maybe three, four touchdowns. Grifka, you know what you're doing to me on this show? That drives me freaking bonkers. bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Grifka, Adrian Peterson, you hear me come on this show all the time and say, you know, you need young guys. You need low, low contract. What's my go-to? Did you you see the contract Adrian Peterson got? You know what it is? That's like the, pretty much the veteran bottom barrel contract is what it is. It's cheap. Exactly. He He's productive, which is good. He's a physical freak. Adrian Peterson is going to make plays for this football team. Now, I want to unleash 
DeAndre Swift, but if he's got a little dinged up, I heard your little rant where you're just, oh, if he doesn't play for a few weeks, no problem. Uh, I hope they just unleash DeAndre Swift these first couple weeks and he comes out the woodwork making plays. But if he doesn't, you put Peterson and uh, carry on back there. I mean, I'm I'm not afraid to hand Adrian Peterson the ball 10, 12 times here this Sunday and watch him plow over some people, maybe get in the end zone. Um, it's a cheap contract. It's a vet that is one of the greatest of all time. It's a guy that has played in this scheme. It's a guy that is motivated, said he wanted to play three, four more seasons. He's 35 years old. That, that shows me that he's not looking to just uh, hang it up or come to Detroit for a cup of coffee because nobody else wanted him. He also probably wants to beat up the Vikings and other teams in this division, I think this is a great signing. He isn't going to get 200 yards, Grifsky. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come in in that, uh, you know, 500 type range with uh, more touchdowns than you would expect. Because I don't know why this guy isn't going to be able to get in the end zone based on what I've seen the last couple of years. I mean, I'm putting him in around the goal line much more so than Carrion, who's been loose with the football. And this just lets DeAndre Swift be DeAndre Swift, which is catch the ball, be out there in situations. So that mentor mumbo jumbo that you said that, I don't know, did this. That drives me freaking bonkers. Yeah, okay. He, he's a good vet. He's a good guy. He's a he's a godly man. He's a, he's a great guy off the field. But I think he's going to come in here and make plays, and that's what I want to see. Play well on Sunday, move the chain, score touchdowns. And just be a beast in the uniform. I can't wait to see him in the number 28. And uh, those three guys, plus your boy Ty Johnson. Now, now that can get you by in an NFL season. Carry on and Swift was still cutting it close, especially if they're injured. But you add Adrian Peterson, then you still have that wild card of um, Ty Johnson, who to me is a piece of crap right now. But I see that he could have speed and size and ability. But I'd like to see him make a run or two that was actually over, I don't know, three yards before I give him some credit that he's a good number three, four running back in the NFL. So I love Adrian Peterson here in Detroit. I can't wait to see him in the uniform. I think he's going to surprise, I don't know, you and a bunch of other people. And often I would just throw this out the window as a 35-year-old washed-up running back that's coming to Detroit, as Griff Kalei say, oh, he's just coming for contracts. Nobody else wants him. He, he just, uh, he's going to leave Detroit and then die. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Not with a guy like this, with his pedigree, his physical ability, and the fact that he's threw up over 900 yards last year on a horrible football team. I'm pretty sure he can come here and be used in certain ways and, and help us win ball games, which is much more important than stats. I think we, we argue about that every week. So I love this signing. I think it's going to be good and uh, glad they did it for depth mentorship, but also because he's going to make runs that are going to have us out of our seat. And he's also going to score touchdowns. And that's going to be very important for the Detroit Lions. If it happens, cool. But I mean, I think they're going to want to get their young backs the ball, and he's he's here to mentor them. That's just my opinion. <laughs> That's his opinion. We've heard Griffith's opinion on a lot of things. I hope we entertained you today. We tried to uh, have a little argument. We knew you guys wanted to hear that. I love getting after Grifka, hearing him get all salty and mad. That's kind of my favorite thing on the show. And at the end of the day, we both love the Lions. We love doing this podcast, and we love, uh, I don't know, doing this. Drink it in, man. 
serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. Check us Friday. Grifka's going to have some horrible questions. So we're going to talk about Chicago Bears. I'm going to rip the Chicago Bears apart. We're going to give score predictions. I'm going to tell you why the Lions are going to treat them like a dusty rug, as Grifton often says. And it's going to be a fun show. So I can't wait till Friday to talk all things Lions, all things Chicago Bears. And then a couple days later, we're going to be playing football, Grifcon, Sunday at 1 o'clock. So I can't wait. Everybody? I know you want to know this before we get out of here. Grifsky, Waffle Maker, Taylor Decker, hater of all haters. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Oh, good. I'm so glad you didn't, which you never have in the history of the show. But if you would have had something today, it was going to be another 30-minute argument here on the show if you would have mentioned Taylor Decker's name in vain. Because, <laughs> I mean, you've driven me bonkers. It's been a crazy show. But uh, Grifka has nothing else for the people. But we will have tons for you on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in.